This is the Colts Daily Update, a look at the latest with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Hey, welcome into the Wednesday Colts Daily Update tonight with you for the next 15 minutes, leading you into Pacer Hoops. The Blue and Gold are at the Fieldhouse tonight, taking on the Hornets. I'm Matt Taylor, joined by J.J. Stangovitz tonight from Colts.com, and the Colts are getting ready for Week 17 and the regular season home finale on Sunday against the Raiders. The Colts are 9-6, winners of three in a row. The Raiders are 8-7. They're on a two-game winning streak. Las Vegas is out of the playoff field as of now. They're looking to change that with a win and some help around the AFC on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Colts are looking to clinch a playoff berth with a win this weekend. JJ, good to be with you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Matt. And, hey, before we begin, I just want to say something here. Um, I'm sure Colts fans who have been on Twitter might have seen, you know, Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport tweeting about a guy named Jeff Dickerson, uh, who covered the Chicago Bears for a long time for ESPN. He was a friend of mine. He unfortunately passed away uh, yesterday due to complications from colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, his son Parker is 11 and has seen both his parents lose their lives to cancer in the last three years. So if anyone is, you know, thinking about you know, this situation, wondering who Jeff Dickerson was. There is a GoFundMe set up for Parker Dickerson. Um, I would encourage anyone to check it out. And if, you know, there's, you know, some generosity in your heart to, uh, you know, give what you can to him because that, that kid has gone through more than anyone ever should. And uh, I just wanted to kind of lead us off talking about that and, you know, just saying that Jeff Dickerson was a good man, a good father, a good husband, yeah. uh, and a, a true pro as a reporter. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well said. Um, I listen to him all the time on ESPN Radio on a national level when he would do shows, and uh, you're exactly right. He was a pro's pro, really good at what he did, and unfortunately at age 44, just way too soon we lose a guy like that. Um, All right, both teams, the Colts and the Raiders, J.J. dealing with COVID problems. I count 13 players for the Raiders on the COVID list. We know about the Colts situation. Although things are looking up a a bit after it looked pretty bleak here at the beginning of the week, returning off the COVID list today for the Colts uh, were Kamoko Ture, Rock Yassine, Quentin Nelson, and Mark Glowinski. And Frank Reich said today that he anticipates getting a few more players back each day later on this week leading into Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the, the rapidly changing nature of this virus and what we know about it and the CDC and the NFL and NFLPA protocols means that Players who are asymptomatic now uh, only need to isolate for five days after their positive test. So that opens up the opportunity for the Colts to get a number of these guys who are currently on the COVID-19 reserve list back for this game against the Raiders when previously, before this change in the protocols, before the CDC updated their guidelines, you kind of figured those guys would be out. So one of those guys, Matt, is quarterback Carson Wentz, who Frank Reich said today if the you know the the earliest that Carson could be back would be Sunday, mm-hmm. which would obviously be in time for him to face the Las Vegas Raiders in a game that if the Colts win, they clinch a spot in the playoffs. So we will see if that winds up happening. There's still there still are hurdles that need to be cleared, protocols that need to be followed. But there is a chance that Carson Wentz plays on Sunday. If he doesn't, though, Matt Sam Ellinger will start for the Colts, right. and the Colts are pretty confident in the uh, rookie from Texas. Well, how are they preparing for the Raiders this week without Carson Wentz? Even if he can play on Sunday, and we don't know, we won't know that answer probably until Saturday night or Sunday morning, depending on how the hours break down. 
But even if he can play on Sunday, he won't practice at all this week. So how are they preparing for the possibility of Ellinger and also the possibility of Wentz playing at the 11th hour? Well, here's the thing, Matt, that we heard from coaches this week is there always is a call sheet for both quarterbacks. There's always a call sheet for Carson. There's always a call sheet for Ellinger um, because everyone knows. I mean, you know, it's not just the nature of, you know, the virus. It's, you know, Sam Ellinger has been one play away from playing for most of this season. Mm -hmm. So the Colts are ready on that end. Something Frank Reich said that I thought was interesting is that he kind of compared this to the lead up to the Tennessee game in week three, when the Colts really didn't know if Carson was going to be able to play with those two sprained ankles until, you know, two hours before kickoff. And, you know, they, they had plans in place in case they needed someone to play. I think it would have been Brett Hundley that day. So they're going to approach this game the same way where they'll have a plan in place for Sam Ellinger. They'll have a plan in place for Carson Wentz. You know, Carson will be joining meetings virtually. All the Colts meetings this week are virtual anyway. Um, the only, the only time the Colts are going to be in the building, the players will be for practice. So, you know, Carson should be mentally prepared for this game to face Gus Bradley's Raiders defense. If he can't play, the Colts are going to have a lot of practice time with Sam Ellinger this week on the grass that, you know, should help get him up to speed for a game that, you know, would be his first NFL start. Yeah, it's a big one, too. Like we said, if the Colts win, they clinch a playoff spot. And, and who would have thought that back in September when they were 0-3, 1-4? That's J.J. Stangovitz. I'm Matt Taylor. This is the Colts Daily Update tonight, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan leading you into Pacer Hoops tonight at the bottom of the hour. So, as of now, J.J., what does the Colts offensive line, what does that look like for Sunday? Who's available? Who plays where? We know Nelson is back. Glowinski's back. There's a decent chance Ryan Kelly is back this week as well, correct? Yeah, Ryan Kelly did return to practice today um, at, the, at the Colts complex. So, uh, you know, he, he will be back, it would appear. Quentin Nelson and Mark Glowinski, you know, Frank Reich said it, it wasn't, you know, 100% that both of them would play on Sunday, but uh, obviously, with them being activated off the the COVID nineteen list, it it would appear that things are trending that way. The tackles are currently up in the air, though. So Eric Fisher, uh, you know, when we talked to Frank Reich before practice on Wednesday, he said that he did not anticipate Eric Fisher to practice on Wednesday. Braden Smith is on the reserve COVID nineteen list. He was placed on that on Monday. Mm -hmm. So there is a chance Braden Smith could come back based on the new guidelines. Um, and you know, Eric Fisher, the Colts have said he is day to day this week. So now those are kind of the two spots after, you know, last week going into the game, there were all these questions about who's going to play in the interior of the line, Matt. Mm -hmm. Now the questions are, will the Colts have both their tackles for this game against the Raiders right. and, uh, you know, a pro bowl edge rusher and Max Crosby is having a really fantastic season. Yeah. They also have unique and Gakway too. He's been a cult killer over his yep. uh, time with several different teams, most notably the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we'll see if Braden Smith can uh, get back in time for Sunday, as J.J. said, also on that COVID list. Finally, let's talk about Derek Carr, because the Colts secondary is going to be tested. Derek Carr, statistically speaking, one of the best quarterbacks in the game, but the secondary banged up a little bit, or at least dealing with uh, some health concerns. George Odom, as of now, is still the only healthy safety on the roster, with Kari Willis still on the COVID list, but that could change as the week goes on, as we've discussed. But what are your thoughts on the Colts' secondary up to this challenge and, and slowing down Derek Carr and the high-powered Raiders passing attack on Sunday? Well, I was blown away by how well the Colts' secondary played against the Arizona Cardinals because that having two safeties step in who have never played together before, George Odom and Jaleel Adai, um, and for them to have 
no coverage bust yeah, on no, the back. A lot of synergy. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, that to, you know, and, and I kind of asked Matt Eberflus about that on Tuesday. Like when you have that many guys stepping in in the secondary, whether it's the safeties, whether it's Isaiah Rogers, uh, you know, stepping in for his first career start at cornerback, you see, some, you, you, you'll see coverage busts and you'll see guys running free and, you know, things like that. The Colts didn't have that. They kept a lid on the Cardinals offense really outside of a couple of plays. There's a 57 yard run by Kyler Murray, uh, the 20 something yard touchdown to Antoine Wesley. And then AJ Green's 33 yard reception where he just kind of got the best of Xavier Rhodes in a one-on-one situation. There was none of those, like, you know, none of those plays where Kyler was able to kind of run around and just throw it up deep because the Colts secondary wasn't where they needed to be. That is a huge credit to Alan Williams Eric Rowe and Matt Eberflus uh, coaching those guys up in the back end. And I think that game against Arizona gives you a lot of confidence that if the the Colts need to have a safety pairing that has not played a lot of minutes together again this week or, you know, need to rely on another cornerback to step in, uh, you know, that they can do that and they can play the kind of sound, fundamental, technique-based defense that Matt Eberflus wants because – what I was so impressed with Matt in that game against the Cardinals is that the the Colts were essentially saying like, we're daring you to get bored and, and try something. And there was that third and three early in the game where Kyler Murray threw the wheel route to Christian Kirk, where he couldn't make the catch on it. And it was, it was a deep shot on third and three when they had been completing those kind of easy gains to uh, Zach Ertz. And I kind of had the thought of like, Ooh, I think, I think Flus has him here. And that's how it kind of played out during the game that, the Cardinals were, weren't able to sustain those long drives, they, and they weren't able to get explosive plays. And again, that is a testament to the Colts coaching staff and the guys out on the field for, for getting that done. All right. Well done, J.J. Thanks for the time tonight, my man. Be sure to check out J.J.'s work all week long, his daily happenings on the Colts, on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app. J.J., have a good night, and we'll talk to you on Sunday, sir. All right. Sounds good, Matt. All right. J.J. Stangovitz right there from Colts.com. We'll have more on the Colts and the Raiders tomorrow night. On Colts Happy Hour, that's getting bumped up again from Friday to Thursday with New Year's Eve on Friday night. The Pacers and the Hornets are next. For J.J., I'm Matt Taylor. This has been the Colts Daily Update on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.